Hey, Calvary family, this is Pastor Michael Grove here on the Bible Reading App. Today is February 27th, and we are here in the Bible Reading Plan, and we are going to be in the book of Acts, chapter 18. I'll be reading out of the New International Version, so follow along if you can. Otherwise, let me read this over you, and in the end, I'll give you a few thoughts before we end our time together. Here we go. Acts, chapter 18. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontius, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath, he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came to Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent of it. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titus Justus, a worshiper of God. Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you, because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. When Gallio was proconsul at Achaia, the Jews of Corinth made a united attack on Paul and brought him to the place of judgment. This man, they charged, is persuading the people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. Just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio said to them, If you Jews were making a complaint about some misdemeanor or serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to listen to you. But since it involves questions about words and names in your own law, settle the matter yourselves. I will not be a judge of such things. So he drove them off. Then the crowd there turned on Sothenus, the synagogue leader, and beat him in front of the proconsul. And Gallio showed no concern whatever. Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time. Then he left the brothers and sisters and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Before he sailed, he had his hair cut off at Centria because of a vow he had taken. They arrived at Ephesus, where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. He himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to spend more time with them, he declined. But as he left, he promised, I will come back if it is God's will. Then he set sail for Ephesus. When he landed at Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the church, and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, 
they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. When Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed, for he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. This concludes the reading of Acts chapter 18. Let me give you a couple of thoughts before we end our time together. So, as we start this chapter, we're introduced to Priscilla and Aquila. I think it's important to notice that they were there because they were forced out of Rome. Claudius had ordered that all the Jews were to be exiled, and so they left and went to Corinth. Now, Paul meets them, and they were tent makers, so he also, having been a tent maker, stays with them and earns a living while he preaches. And then, because of their relationship, Priscilla and Aquila go with Paul as he continues to travel, which brings Priscilla and Aquila with him to Ephesus. Now, as they're in Ephesus, Apollos comes. Now, Apollos has learned about Jesus, but he doesn't understand all of the pieces to it. So when they hear him speak, Priscilla and Aquila invite him to their home, and then they explain all the pieces that he didn't understand. Okay, so then we get to verses 27 and 28, and I want to camp here for a minute. It says, When Apollos went back to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed. For he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. Okay, so let's look at all these pieces. Priscilla and Aquila were forced out of their home because they were Jewish, yet they understood this way that Paul was talking. And so as they hear Apollos talk, they realize he doesn't understand all the pieces yet. So now some exiled Jews who are believers in Jesus help Apollos learn the way that he should preach, which then causes Apollos to go to Achaia. And listen to what it said in verse 28. He refuted vigorously his Jewish opponents in public debate. So now think about these Jews for a second. They've been forced out of their own homes. They're all being spread out across the land. And on top of that, here comes this way, a group of people who are teaching that the Jews are wrong and that Jesus actually was the Messiah and is alive. Can you imagine the tension that must have happened inside these conversations? The Jews were getting thrown around everywhere and were feeling like nobody cared for them. And then here comes people telling them that their, their whole custom of belief and what they understand as their religion is wrong. And so what is it that Apollos has to do? Well, he vigorously refutes his Jewish opponents. Not only that, this is happening in public debate. So that means there was Jews packed all around him. Can you imagine having that type of tension? What is it that could have made him strong? How could he stand up to the pressure of everybody looking at him, yelling things, and him standing up for what he knows to be truth? Well, first, this whole book is about the Holy Spirit filling the people of God. And so the Holy Spirit brought him there. But the rest of verse 28 is what makes this so significant. It says, 
proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. Now understand this, when it says the scriptures, it's not talking about the book of Acts. In fact, the book of Acts wasn't written yet. It was being written as he was standing there. Okay, well, not literally while he was standing there. It happened many years later. But the acts that he was doing while he was standing there is what is written in the book of Acts. So that's not the scriptures. It's not even the gospels. He wasn't proving that Jesus was the Messiah because of the gospels. He was proving Jesus was the Messiah by the Old Testament prophecies because he knew the Old Testament. That's all they had. And the Jews lived by the Old Testament. Remember, that's all they had. And so he went through those scriptures and proved that the way Jesus lived, where he was born, how he was raised up, how he died, and how he rose again, those things he proved by pointing back to Old Testament scriptures. You see, if you didn't know this, there are hundreds of Old Testament prophecies that came true inside of Jesus. We don't believe Jesus is the Messiah simply because someone told us. We believe Jesus is the Messiah because he fulfilled scripture after scripture after scripture. And then people who saw him testified to each of those pieces. And so in the middle of this hostile crowd, that's why it says he vigorously refuted. He stood there under pressure talking about some of the most detailed prophecies and proving that Jesus came to fulfill those prophecies so he was the Messiah. Okay, so what does this have to do with us? If you didn't know this, there is a lot of public opinion that goes against Christianity. In fact, some of the things that we are told that we just have to accept, if we don't because of our faith, it's because we're evil. We're told that we have to accept gender ideology, that we aren't truly pro-life unless we follow their rallies and do what other people are saying. We can't say the Bible is real because people will say that's our opinion. And of course, don't even vote on your values because if you do, well, you don't value other people. It seems like there's so much pressure that is so anti-Christianity that how do we stand up for what is right? Well. I think Apollos shows us the answer to that. He stood up in the middle of a crowd that had already been exiled from their land and, in public debate, confronted their understanding of their religion and yet was able to get through to people. How? Proving from the scriptures. He went to the scriptures and he showed them the truth of the matter. He was able to show them that what the scriptures had said came true in Jesus. And from the scriptures, he didn't push back on who they are or what they believe. He didn't try to convince them that their ways were wrong. He simply showed them who Jesus is. You see, that's what the scriptures are for. They are the illumination of Christ. They help us see who Jesus is. And then by seeing who Jesus is, we see who God the Father is. Jesus even said it, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So how do we see Jesus now today? By looking in the scriptures and understanding what they mean. Because when we understand them, 
we understand why Jesus came, what he did for us, and what it means for us. Look, if you want to stand up against culture, if you want to stay true to your values, even when they go against public opinion, then you better understand why you believe what you believe. And if that doesn't come from scripture, chances are it's subjective truth. You believe it because you were told to, or you believe it because other Christians told you it was right. But friends, listen to me. Know the scriptures and understand what they mean. Be able to prove why you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And in so doing, prove why he is our Savior and why we need him. And if you can do that, friends, you'll be able to help people understand there is only one way, one truth, and one life. And no one goes to the Father except through him. And that way is Jesus, our Messiah. So hang in there, friends. Keep studying. Keep praying. Read your Bible. And let other people know that there's a God who loves them, and he proved it through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's all the time we have left for today. I love you, and God bless. Thank you.